0: Okay, for today's episode, we put something dark into our mouths. Wait, that doesn't sound right. Let's try that again. Day we go down the brown river. Nope, that's worse. Uh, okay, how about we are up to our eyes in the brown stuff today? Okay, fine. Screw it. We're just talking about brown ales today. Uh, we're gonna go over this fun style with probably fewer poop jokes than during this intro, but uh, no promises. So uh, come in and have a drink. <laughs>
1: So, where you learn along with us about the What will you drink? Wow, I almost did the old one uh, I'm Brittany Lee Walker
0: I'm Justin Frazier I'm Christopher Walker I'm
2: Casey Price
0: uh,
1: Hello
3: Oh, three of us are on location At uh, Price Laboratories
1: The Ladders <clears throat>
3: The Ladders, ladders, ladders Brewing now? The,
2: the, the Ladders Labs, yes That's what we need to name the brewery
0: <laughs> uh, Yeah, now one of us is uh, Still in his home there he is. At least, at the very least, in his jammies.
2: <laughs> yeah, I couldn't Jealous. be pantsless for this one. Mike's on, pants off. Yeah. Go figure. Mike's on,
0: pants off. That's the way we like to Drink podcast.
3: <laughs> so, uh, what has everyone been up to? Hmm, not much.
0: Uh, I feel like Casey and Chris were up to something. Oh, come on.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Damn it, you were there. <laughs>
1: Yeah, Three of us
3: were up to the same thing uh, One of us was not So Brittany what have you been up to?
1: <laughs> I did Black Friday shopping With my family Unfortunately <laughs> <laughs> um, I say that only because it, it seemed to never end We have to drive an hour away To another state to go to the mall And we were there from About I don't know 8.30 in the morning to 9 p.m. And it was just super fun. But I did get some gifts out of the way for Christmas, so that's nice. Like that, I actually got that over with. Um, nice. That uh, nice. And then for those wondering, like, Casey had to just pour me some more bourbon. Um, I am also trying to get over a cold, so I'm, I'm not doing... A ton of talking, and I've had to bourbon up my throat a little bit so that I can talk, otherwise, I cough a lot. So, <laughs> it's a good sorry. excuse
2: to drink bourbon, is what I think. Yeah, a little, it's helped a
1: lot, actually.
2: Grandpa's old cough medicine because
1: mm-hmm. I, yeah, I've been, they heard me before the show, I've been in like a tuberculosis coughing fit, and uh, yeah, <laughs> beyond that, I've just been trying to not be sick anymore. <laughs>
3: All right, well, as for the rest of us pre-Black Friday, Casey, Justin, what were you all up to? Uh,
0: Freezing my balls off.
3: (laughs) Freezing them balls off, okay.
0: Uh, Out in a line outside of a liquor barn in, uh, uh, in, uh, Lexington. Yeah, that's the place I live. (laughs) In the city in
3: which you uh, reside. Yeah. Yeah, it was cold. So yeah, Black Friday this year. Uh, it was it was a little little chilly. I don't think it was quite as cold as last year. Really, I wouldn't know. I wasn't there last year. It time. may have been. It I was wasn't twenty
2: eight degrees. So I mean, I know for those folks <laughs> that live in, in colder climates, you know, they're like, oh, a balmy twenty eight, huh? I work in a lot colder than that usually. Not me. I work in, in usually a warm seventy two, all day. Every day, like I get out of the car and I have a sky bridge to take me. Not even the wind gets well, to me. Well, aren't you just the dickens?
1: <laughs> I'm
0: usually fine. My only problem is I picked the wrong shoes because they had they were just canvas on top, and so mm. I'm just like pinching my toes for warmth. Other than that, I could move and keep warm. No, no, I was wearing we were sitting, boots and hiking
3: socks. My toes. Yeah, warm we were standing warm.
0: outside of Liquor Barn for the Bourbon County uh,
3: Brand Stout launch party. Yeah, At my party I mean freeze. Which was a a whole a whole bunch of mixed emotions. (laughs) So we were in line. We didn't know anything until we showed up because for some reason none of us are signed up for their mailing list. Right? You really think I would be? Yeah, I go there all the time, and you live down the street, but we showed up and had no idea. We knew they were going to have it, didn't know anything about variants or quantities or anything, and they put all this out like a week ago. They're like, hey. This location's going to have this. This location's going to have that. If you wanted to go to Louisville, hey, they're going to have every single variant. Yep. But what we did discover is they did the... Or
0: Elizabethtown, I think.
3: Yeah. The Bourbon County Brand Stout Reserve, which we had no idea until we picked up a couple bottles, uh, that it was only for sale in Chicago and the state of Kentucky. And this was the... It was aged the same amount of time from our research we figured yeah, this out. From we, we were pretty sure that
2: it was 100 days or so
3: yeah. in barrel. In uh, 11-year-old Knob Creek barrels. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, all those bad boys. Uh, single barrels were all uh, just for Kentucky. And we had really?
0: more of that
3: than the regular. Yeah, that, that was, was really the, weird. That was
0: bizarre. Like, we go through because we had enough. There weren't enough people in line to really, like, preclude going through line twice 50
2: 50 to 70 people somewhere in that range i, I stopped
0: counting at about 50 we I, I was our, thinking there's probably about 55 to like 58
2: well they
3: ran out of uh, going through the line there were you could get one bottle of each they just had the regular uh, 2017 bourbon county brand stout and then they had the reserve and you could get one of each per trip and they let you buy your bottles and you could go to the back of the line and get more we just made our after the first trip we went back through to get Two more, and the regulars were gone, and they still had cases and cases, cases of the reserve, and that was we we did the two trips and kind of mm. called it called it there because I'll go ahead and let uh, Casey take
0: this. We found something else sitting Uh-oh. on the shelf. Uh, so okay, which one of us is the first one that saw it? I did not until I, you all pointed it. out I to think me. I saw I, it. I saw these little. I I saw, I saw a little unassuming brown box. And just, I remember looking down, going, "What is this?"
2: Last thing in the in like in the line in the I guess you would like that's the
0: that's it's like kind of like their the their
2: cells or something. Their, it's their like their but it, it's more yeah, sort of like the impulse setup.
0: Yeah, they they have like higher quality. They have well, not, I don't know. Let's not get no a quality issue question here, but they have a, a higher dollar section there where it's like, oh, here's some like your last chance bombers. If you're looking for something special, they might be over here. And they had, uh, you know, because they had, like, still some uh, bottles of uh, 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 Backwoods Bastard. Some bombers of that still out. And I was like, oh, well, all right. But uh, the last thing in that aisle, oh. Oh. Yeah, so we, I did
2: not see it. I was just, I had my two beers and I was ready to check out and I was like, all right, I'm on budget. Ashley's going to be happy when I come back home and didn't spend more than I told her I was going to spend. It's going to be
0: great. bad budget. Oh, oops.
2: <laughs> and so, sorry, we'll have to bleep that out. But uh, whenever Thanks, Bob. <laughs> uh, Whenever <laughs> we we get up there and and you all, we had talked in line about this beer. Yeah, we were discussing um, we had
3: everyone dropped the ball and entering a <laughs> raffle for it recently. And to get the chance to, to buy it. To get the it. chance to buy it. Yeah. And we we'll were like, oh, that'd ball. be a bummer. Maybe we'll, uh, We're like, there's tastings. A lot of places will host them for, like, 20, 30 bucks per ounce. And you're like, yeah. you know, I could justify, because they talked about the collector's glass you get if you go to those tastings and the glass resells for that price. And it's like, well, I'm, I think I'm willing to pay that.
2: Yeah. And so we get up there in this little nondescript box that actually says we once we read on it it says not for retail display yeah so they're not even supposed to have that box out but uh, we find a box that on the front of it has Utopias and I was like oh. really I like, saw that cursive <laughs> Utopia
3: script and like it can't be and I looked down at the price tag and it was like two hundred dollars and I was like
2: it is. <laughs> It yeah. is. They had seven bottles of Sam Adams I wanna, Utopias. I want to think it was probably six, because usually six? they ship in sixes. You well, do, like, multiples of six. Oh, okay. uh, half, you either do three, six, twelve, and okay. you ship. So I'm, I'm wanting to say they probably had six bottles there.
3: This was not advertised on their Black Friday mailer no. that they were going to have this. And we were number ten in line. So We are probably were like uh, five. five no, six we were like or something like that. Yeah. yeah. We were, and we were less than ten. No one had that. picked one of these up in front of us. Yeah, and then we were the first to grab one. By the time we made it back around in line, they were all gone. Yeah, out of those those sixty people or so. I'm still willing to bet the guy that was there to resell bourbon is the one who grabbed Possibly. all the rest of the others. Yeah, yeah. because God,
0: did, did, yeah, I'm wondering, but I don't know. Did he even go in?
3: Yeah, he got. Well, he set up his chair because the next <laughs> a day, day early, yeah. a day early, yeah. because there uh, like a 25 year Michter was
2: going on sale. Uh, yeah, for thirty five hundred bucks. Yeah, so, he, so can, he, he can pay eight, nine, twelve hundred for it, and, and still make a good profit out of that. Yeah, and then he set up his chair and immediately went to the back of the Bourbon County line. So yeah, jump in, and so now we've got a bottle of Utopias. We split it four ways, yep. and so we've got a bottle of Utopias. We're going to try. I think New Year's. Yeah, so when it comes
3: around New Year's, uh, sometime on New Year's Eve, you'll be able to catch us here live uh doing a tasting of that and otherwise i think there's already a discussion for
2: patreon tiers oh, and yeah. that being if you, on do it, there. you can see it live on on uh, but if you you know for those folks that um, can't are out there though. that can't see it live you know we will probably start posting some stuff online after the first of the year we've so been
3: saving up quite a few things to do uh some verticals and
2: we might start making those kind of tastings available. And from our from our discussions we wanted if you can make it for the on, for the the live portion, yeah. you know, we're not saying it's behind a paywall at that point, but just for the the later versions, you know, that's the kind of like a Patreon exclusive type thing. Yeah. So,
3: but yeah, uh, look forward to that uh, Utopia's tasting and review. None of us have ever had it. We're extremely excited and pumped and I mean, I could just stare at the bottle all day, beautiful. Yeah, and just play with those little windows and play peekaboo with Samuel Adams.
2: Yeah, I hope it's good. From what I've heard, (laughs) from the only the only review I've heard from the 2017 is that redneck guy. Oh god, (laughs) like
0: beer
3: bottles. It tastes like we don't really uh, have time to go
0: into this, but that is that that might be my favorite video on all of YouTube. I
3: know (laughs) we went. No, you've got to go to like his. Someone put a mashup of all of his Vine videos because he was a Vine star, and me and Casey just sat here like buzzed, laughing our asses off at his channel. It was it was pretty great. Was nice. No, no ah. one
1: did tell us at the Braxton event um, that he's had it before. He's had the Utopias before. He said, and he's mm. like, and we're like, well, is it worth two hundred dollars? And he's like, yeah. yeah. He's like, yeah. He's oh like, wow, you should, you should get it. And I was like, okay. Uh, yep. In line, mm-hmm. up, I it was
2: like sixteen to eighteen percent. Apparently, it's twenty-eight percent ABV. Twenty-eight percent, and that's not distilled. Twenty-eight. That is brewed with yeast to twenty-eight <laughs> percent. All
3: right, it's like uh. no
2: joke. Okay, we've been gushing over uh, our
3: our Black Friday. Uh, um, what are What are some announcements?
1: Right. So, um, <clears throat> sorry. Excuse me. <laughs> um, no, there's puke try. on the mixing board. No, no just try. kidding. Trying not yeah. to Uh, Our our next video episode is going to be Saturday, December 2nd at 9 p.m. Eastern. It's going to be covering the Dogfish Head Holiday IPAs pack. Mm -hmm. Um, Of course, that's the night of Dark Charge Day for us. Um, or two of us. Uh, The next audio episode, just like this one, uh, is going to be live on Saturday, December 9th. At 9 p.m. Eastern, and that's going to be covering Trappist breweries. So that one Ooh. should be
3: interesting. That could be a multi-parter as well. Yeah, I don't know. it'll that, be one. That one's one, still up in the air. It'll be a single recording session. Yeah. It may be a couple audio episodes.
1: Yeah, so I mean, I mean, all we'll of these see. usually go into podcast form, and that's may- just how it. Maybe out. I can
0: control. So maybe I can control myself this time.
3: <laughs> I mean, we turn you loose on that. Just go, Ken Burns. Go. Dave, we give you the permission. Ooh.
0: <laughs> go Ken Burns deep. That uh I want that to be. Like, I feel like that needs to be like a, a t-shirt or something.
2: <laughs> Gonna go Ken
0: Burns deep. <laughs> oh man, should
2: be a good episode. I, I like I like Travis Spears. So excited about that.
3: Yep. All right. Before we start rambling, uh, let's dive into a little bit of news. Uh. Still planning on changing that at some point. All right, our first story, and I think one of the better stories. It's positive. We've not had a lot of positive news stories recently. So uh, for $1,000, St. Arnold's fans get uh, can-exclusive perks, including free beer for life. Houston's craft beer scene just keeps getting Mm -hmm. better Uh, in the same week. That Buffalo Bayou Brewing Company revealed its plans to open a massive new brewery in Sawyer Yards. St. Arnold Brewing Company has finally shared details of its long awaited beer garden. Slated to open next summer, the new addition will be located next to St. Arnold's Brewery on Lion Street. Uh, they talk about uh, they have renderings included in the article, which we're going to link to. <clears throat> but uh, there's, it's going to be positioned uh, with a view of the downtown Houston skyline and murals depicting local scenes. Uh, Since opening St. Arnold Brewing Company in 1994, I have long had a dream of creating a beer garden that would be a destination for the community to gather, a place Houstonians are proud of and want to bring visitors to, said St. Arnold founder, Brock Wagner. In a statement, uh, after 23 years, much uh, much brewing, getting laws changed, and moving our downtown location, this dream is finally coming to reality. St. Arnold superfans who want exclusive access to the beer garden are invited to apply for membership in the St. Arnold Society. For a $1,000 fee, society members will receive a hard hat tour of the construction site, an invite to the opening party, a pewter mug engraved with the member's name on it that will be stored at the beer garden. Uh, That alone is worth $150. And most importantly, one free beer per day for life. At five dollars per pint, <laughs> really dedicated craft beer drinkers could conceivably earn back their payment fairly quickly. It it is rather important that they put that stipulation as
0: one a day, day per day, uh, one per day for life. And then let's see, how long would that take? That uh... so if I
2: if I lived in like an apartment above this brew house <laughs> or somewhere
3: <laughs> nearby, because they it, where they're moving to is a Kind of like hipsterish neighborhood yeah. in Houston, so that's perfect. I'm sure there's going to be lofts and condos everywhere around. If you live within stumbling distance of this place, or definitely if it, was,
2: if it was like on the way home from work, if you were walking home from work,
3: oh, and yeah. passed pass by it every day, every go and grab yeah,
2: your beer. Be like, well, I'll just go
3: ahead and stop and get a beer on my way home. Yep, become the norm.
0: <laughs> norm, uh, yeah, no. Uh, in less than a year, you will get you. You'll make that money back.
2: I wonder if they called Norm,
3: norm.
0: because he was normal. Because no, his he name was he Norman. was
2: normally there. Yeah, uh-huh.
0: His name was Norman.
3: That that was the joke, right, but, but his name was Norman. Right.
2: No, 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 no. I understand that, but like when you're writing the show, yeah, he's normally there. that's the norm. He's like Norm. He's normally there.
3: I think we've gone into this deep dive. I don't know if you were around for that one or not, Casey. Oh, I uh, think so. Well, it was a cracked video that we talked about where they actually yeah what they, they break down. Been. Oh, okay. That was but, but, That's a pretty funny but, one.
0: Yeah. Uh, it, it doesn't sound like that much because they're like, well, he's drinking like one or two beers per night per... And I was like, every day that doesn't sound like... Yeah, our conclusion that was problem.
3: we drink more than Norm does. <laughs> and then they were talking about how, how the real tragedy is no one steps in to help him with his drinking problem. Because now, in
0: fairness, his life does spiral out of control. Yeah, his life spirals so, out of
3: control. He moves into a closet in the back of the bar... And no one does anything to help him.
2: They still serve.
0: <laughs> uh, but yeah, like that is a neat that is a neat sort of thing. Like it's a steep intro price.
3: No, Dev. Okay, uh, so if we had a brewery around us, like say Braxton or um, Wooden Cask, is closer to us now.
2: I want it, to. I want to like. Have a account, a Braxton count to see yeah, how long it takes a, us to a clip
1: a mont, a, a you know, collage clip thing of just like <laughs> how long before we say Braxton yeah, per Braxton, episode. Braxton a million Braxton, times. Braxton, Braxton, yeah. How okay, wooden
3: though. cask, or a better example. Okay, exactly like what they've made. That's the exact kind of facility is what uh, the Moorline Logger House is. Mm-hmm. So if they were to implement this suddenly and be like, "Hey, we're going to start offering this program. Thousand bucks, you can get in. You can have free beer every day." I would dive on that. It is pretty much on my way home from work. Yeah, I would be on that in a heartbeat. <laughs> it's not within walking distance, but I could stop
2: by and have a beer every day, definitely. The, where they get you is the fact that you don't want to go in normally and have one beer. It's like, yeah. it's how they get you to, that's, to stay there yeah, and that's, drink the that's whole That's the whole time. thought,
3: I'm sure. Yeah. Because like, you're going to come in for your free beer and you're going to stay for a few more.
0: Let maybe us. a beer, maybe two. Maybe get something to eat if they have food there.
3: So, yeah, and uh, hopefully you don't do anything that leads to a lawsuit, which will transition us beautifully into this next. Uh, Left Hand has filed lawsuits against White Labs over contaminated yeast, and many homebrewers <laughs> are very familiar with White Labs. Uh, I was going to say, them. White
0: Labs is, is, is well-known for in, in homebrewing, because mm-hmm. I know about it, uh, and I'm not and a
3: homebrewer. We sourced uh, yeast from them, but Colorado-based Left Hand Brewing Company has filed a lawsuit against yeast supplier White Labs, alleging that the San Diego-based fermentation specialist sold the brewery contaminated brewer's yeast, which led to a $2 million recall in 2016. <laughs> okay, being someone who uh, reports on these kinds of things, there was no big out-there recall. It ne- There was never a headline that popped up anywhere when the recall happened that it was going down Yeah, I don't remember that yeah. i just, i remember extrovert ipa was really hard to find there for a while i didn't know why i mean that question yeah. has been answered for me now but they may it, have called it at the distributorship level but not at the but they had not a concern they, they have caught it
0: before it went before it went but yeah
3: So, in the lawsuit filed last week in Boulder County District Court and first reported uh, on by Courthouse News Service, left-hand alleges negligence and breach of contract by White Labs, which makes, markets, and sells brewer's yeast via outposts in California, Colorado, North Carolina, Copenhagen, and Hong Kong. It's unfortunate we had to file a lawsuit, but we didn't have a choice, left-hand co-founder Eric Wallace said in a statement released to media outlets. As an employee-owned brewery, the fate of our brand and employees' livelihood was compromised, and we are asking White Labs to take responsibility for the quality of their product and stand behind their guarantee. For its part, White Labs is
0: denying Left Hand's claim. So there is a part in here uh, that does, maybe I mentioned a part of the reason why they think that there's, because they mentioned extrovert IPA. Uh, they also mention uh, abnormally high pressure in bottles of nitro mitronil- uh, milk, mitron- yeah. nitro milk stout. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> okay, uh, so maybe that was part of the issue. Like they were probably getting some some con- consumer complaints. I wonder, uh, Casey, maybe you can explain this to me in case I'm being dumb. But increased pressure inside of a glass bottle seems like a thing that would make it much more likely to break.
3: Yeah. yeah, explode. That is something that can happen on <laughs> these, or they become gushers, which is usually what happens, yeah. because before the glass fails, you're going to get the cap shooting off. I'm just, wonder- yeah, no, I'm no, just no, wondering, yeah, I'm just wondering how, it how often. Do
0: the it sh- glass will break before the cap comes Once off. Cap will- okay. I was You'll wondering these- how often, I was just wondering how often in shipping they may have like, just lost, you know, nitro, uh, nitro milk stout. God, why is that so hard to say? Um
2: If if the pressure so it takes a it takes a lot. Now nitro milk stout because it does have the milk solids in there. Or the not the milk solids, but the milk sugars in there. And it's got some extra things that don't ferment with normal yeasts. That's going to be one of the first ones that you probably see it happen in because these other infectious yeasts or infectious bacteria will actually come in and eat the things that normal yeast won't be able to eat. So Britannomyces or, I don't know, some other mm. bacteria will be able to actually eat those and create
0: pressure. So,
2: that's probably one of is the it, first ones that you'll is see. It bad that
0: when, is it bad when I hear pretendemises? I just instinctively just go, mm. <laughs> Ooh. Mm, I forgot
2: yummy,
0: to put the yummy. bread
2: beer in the fridge.
0: Whoa. Oh, God. You, how could you? you a
2: monster. Well, no, 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 no. I'm, uh, we were, I was going to have some tonight, and I forgot to put it in the fridge. It. So, we'll have to do that some other time or something. Yeah. But, uh, but yeah, so depending on what the infection is, and um, they're saying that they. Okay, so it's not Brett, it's Saccharomyces cervicii's variant diastaticus. Um, I am not super up on this
3: strain. Oh, one of these quick blurbs I'm seeing talking about it being a new strain.
0: Mm. Uh, okay, and most troublesome uh, is a thing from Pro Brewer. I just, just Google searched uh, that yeast. Uh, it's mentioning it under uh, oh. under wild yeast. It's a cross-contamination with another S, Cerviasis. Mm. Uh, strain can cause flavor defects as well as unusual fermentation performance. So.
2: Uh, used at, in the Saison yeast put out by uh, Lollamond and Y East. Um, so Left Hand and Bells both had forum posts on the Brewers Association forum that mentioned these things about a year ago.
3: Oh, so Bells may have also uh, suffered from this and then just haven't joined us. Uh, they haven't filed a lawsuit
0: or anything yet. Yep. Okay. Uh, Hear that, Casey? It didn't file a lawsuit.
2: not yet. <laughs> the problem with this—it's—it's it's hard to prove, and that's the issue with this. So, yeah. from from what I've read through some of the forums and everything, these are issues that happen occasionally, and and you can see it happen after a single brewery. But who's to say that that Left Hand didn't have an issue going on with their
3: equipment. Yeah, infected equipment could also be a strong possibility here. and
2: uh, Left Hand actually goes back. I don't know if it's in this article or something else that I read about it, but they go back and they actually take a few days off of brewing to clean all their equipment, replace all the gas. Like, all the gaskets are are refitted and and redone so that everything from the start is is all good. I don't think they
0: mentioned that. They do mention, however, that they... uh have a uh, sensory panel for every batch of milk stout uh, yep. since then.
3: Oh yeah, it's, I'd say jail. before that they were doing it because that they're probably is, doing some, but they've been trying
0: to like keep that. That's in their bread and butter beer. Yeah, like, that is. Mm-hmm.
2: And and you can take a sensory panel and you can do it immediately right off of the the. So you you brew a beer, you take it immediately, but then you also set back beers and you set back beers and let them go and sit on the shelf for for months and years, really. And you have that same sensory panel go back and test those. It's one way to make sure that the beer is shelf stable and that it holds up over time. But then also, your sensory panel is there to kind of be a stopgap to say, okay, this batch that just went out maybe three months ago, it's starting to get some weird flavors. You may want to check
0: on that. And, yeah, and I was going to say it's something cool. that a good, it's a good uh, thing for like a quality control thing. Plus, also just e- even just to make sure, even you know, maybe not necessarily infected, but the something about that batch came out weird. So, yeah. And- yeah, maybe, maybe something happened and they accidentally added too much, you know, let's say, added too much malt so oh, yeah. the whole batch it, it, it tasted off, you know, someone accidentally dumped a whole truck into it.
2: <laughs> well, you you misplace a decimal place or something, a decimal point or something like
3: that. Yeah, when you're doing a highly automated system and you, yeah. it's
2: easy to do something like that. Um, the, one of the big
3: things
0: instead, most- they accidentally make the worldwide stuff. Yeah, <laughs>
2: Uh, one of the uh, big issues uh, well, one of the things, most larger breweries have, all larger breweries just about, I'll, I'll say all um, have a sensory panel of some sort. Some of the smaller ones the sensory panel starts and ends with the brewer and maybe one other person so, you know, having a formal sensory panel is one of those things that I'm surprised that they would have had before this happened The other thing is that these yeasts should be coming completely not I don't want to say sterile it's not sterile it could be should be coming as a single cell that has grown up in a sterile environment so that that's the only thing that you're getting but this isn't the only time i've heard of white labs yeasts being infected by off yeasts oh. and um the homebrewers have said it for a while the because they're reusing yeasts and they're finding that even in the uh it's not the Brett strains but some of the bacteria strains are actually infected with regular yeast, like brewer's yeast. So they're looking for just bacteria and they're getting yeast in there to, to throw off some flavors. Oh. So it's a weird, um, really weird, or maybe it's the Brett, Brett strains, but the, either way, there's. Saccharomyces? Uh, yeah, you, they're, they're putting in Brettanomyces and oh, they're getting okay. some Saccharomyces after a while. Ah, they'll, they'll okay. Crop up and, and start throwing weird flavors even that direction.
3: All right, so some of the nitty-gritty, like, why this really matters. According to the lawsuit, left-hand exclusively used White Labs yeast to brew several beers, including Milk Stout Nitro, Extrovert IPA, and Warrior Fresh Hop IPA until early 2017. The craft brewer said it first received a consumer complaint of abnormally high pressure in bottles of its Milk Stout Nitro products in early July 2016 and later discovered off flavors in its Extrovert IPA. That forced left hand to recall effective product in thirty seven states. The company said it destroyed two million dollars worth of milk stout nitro, oh. IPA, and Warrior Fresh Hop IPA, as well as several thousand more barrels of unpackaged inventory. So that My heart. hit them Yeah, that hit them hard and that hits that hits me hard to think about I that. I love left hand nitro. Like oh God. Yeah, it's a Why lot of people go to Nitro. I, I tell a lot when they're like, "Oh, what? What does that mean?" I was like, "You want to go grab some uh, Milk Stout Nitro from Left Hand, and that'll tell you everything you need to know about it." So, yeah, uh, in the aftermath of the recall, Left Hand claims its company has incurred significant financial losses and damages, including a loss of market share. Additionally, sales of flagship Milk Stout Nitro, which the company said accounts for about half of its sales have significantly decreased after contaminated yeast products supplied by White Labs caused secondary fermentation in beers brewed using that yeast.
0: So, looking at it from that perspective, I can understand why they would file a lawsuit. Now, the odds of it probably coming in their favor, probably not high, but, you know, it's...
3: We'll wait and see, but I think uh, if that does go to court, I could see it going in their favor, considering their losses in this matter. Well, th- it depends. There is, it, uh, there's another brewery who hasn't filed a
0: lawsuit that has had similar complaints. So, I, it, I feel like it's going to be a matter of proving it, which is where I think they're going to have an issue.
2: That is going yeah. to be a major issue. Is uh, they have to prove that it was from the the yeast from the actual service was or. Yeah, yeast directly from White Labs was the cause, and the only way they could really do that is if they had some unopened packages of that yeast still laying around that could be sent off for testing. Breweries don't, as a rule, keep that stuff around, so it's going to be difficult. The issue that I have with the law—well, not the issue, I guess—but the one of the things that they have—did they mention in this lawsuit that they were claiming damages other than just the, just the, um, the loss? the yeah it lost of market share yeah so um, not only the beer that they lost it's but hard also hard to quantify they could they could show okay there we our beers have dropped off but at the same time it's going to be difficult to say oh okay your beers would have also dropped off if if you because had, because other beers come in and people like other yeah. beers better than yours yeah it's such a changing you have you don't have the staple market where you see a growth of 3% every year and this one year that something bad happened, you don't see that growth of three percent. You can't go yeah. back and say, it, "Oh yeah." It could.
0: It could also be that this is less to do a lawsuit and more to do just a measured damage control. sort of uh, part damage control, part, uh, part you know, shot at them. Yeah. Like, hey, you you messed up our stuff. With the very least foul lawsuit, we may not win, but that reflects poorly on White Labs either way.
3: Yeah, shots over, yeah. shots across the bow, really kind of thing. And this could also yeah. be,
0: and it pro- could also lead to a white lab just settling. They could, they could breach a settlement, but either way, like part of that, da- some of that damage is already done.
3: Yeah, and this could be they don't expect to be compensated for a loss of market share. That they threw that in there as in a judge would go, well, let's cut that out of this deal and focus on the other stuff. Yeah, I could see that. That could be their bartering chip. Like, oh yeah, we'll we'll let the market share thing go if you'll you know, give us you know, help us back with the money for the lost beer.
0: Is it is it bad that I really enjoy lawsuit stories? Like not like they're just something like you are know, like, okay. I mean like as as talking about it on the show, it's like, oh, we can really just like dig into <laughs> Well let different viewpoint how it works.
3: Let's move away from the law and talk a little bit uh, about
0: I'm
1: in law. Air, air.
2: Couldn't resist. If, uh, it's fine. The other board. <laughs>
3: Throw the <laughs> echo on that. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, this other article, everything about it is so clickbaity. The title and uh, the giant graphic, they have nothing pertains to the actual article. So the title is Budweiser wants to brew up microgravity beer on Mars. And has this big caption like Bud on Mars. So, in order for Budweiser to produce, produced by Anheuser-Busch, to be the first microgravity beer on Mars, the company is sending barley into space. Rather than wait until humans make it to the red planet, the beer company is doing their advanced research to see how and if beer tastes different
0: in space, not actually at all what they're doing. Oh, man. Okay. This just brought a different thought to my brain. Imagine it's the Pilgrim situation all over again. (laughs) We're traveling through space on like a, life. on a, on a, on a life, you know, like one of those like, you know, giant arc ships and we've, we've you know, generation ships. We've run out of beer, run out of beer for the whole generation. They go, screw it. We didn't plan to land here, but we're going there. Gotta make a That's pit got- stop.
3: So yeah, everything up till now, you could just wad that up and throw it away in this. Yeah. I know. <laughs> but like that idea now is like really in my head,
0: like, oh, that sounds cool.
3: So, in conjunction with the Center for the Advancement of Science in Space and payload development company Space Tango, uh, Budweiser will send 20 barley seeds to the International Space Station on December 4th. The shipments will leave from Cape Canaveral and stay in orbit on the space station for one month. This will test how gravity affects barley growth and how barley will germinate before heading back to Earth for analysis. I wonder but- how it actually would... I mean yeah like, this is something interesting to figure would, out.
0: Would would it be able to grow <laughs> larger without gravity holding it down or would it even be able to germinate without Will it become very
3: know. long and stretchy? Will it just be
2: orange rock? I mean we don't we won't know until it comes back. So what I'm expecting is we're not looking at barley itself growing as a we're not looking at it growing as a plant. We're looking at it in the malting process, so it's starting the germination. Because the way you do malting is you trick it into thinking that it's in a warm, nice soil, and then mm-hmm. you let it go a little ways, and then you stop it. And so they're they're malting barley. I think is is really kind of the direction they're heading in, um, possibly.
0: But I'm just wondering. I mean, while you're there, just test
2: everything. <laughs> yeah, why, why not? Right. Um, the the company that they work with, the way they kind of work experiments is, you get these little tiny boxes, and the the fun thing for us is that this company is actually located in Lexington, Kentucky. Really? So, yes. Space Tango is is in Lexington. My my work, we've actually been talking to these folks about doing some experiments in space um, for the school, and so the you pay like a small amount. It's not much. It's like fifteen grand or something and you get this small box that you put your experiment in and it goes up and comes back down. The astronauts don't have to do anything to it. It just runs and sends data. And so by doing that, you're able to do these micro experiments in microgravity. The the cool thing that I think Budweiser's doing here is they're getting some PR out of it, which is nice, you know. We're first first beer Well, they're a, they're a
0: marketing company that right. also makes beer. Yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. some
3: of their big quotes in this are like Budweiser is always pushing the boundaries of innovation and I'm, i stopped at that and I was like hmm hmm seems like someone <laughs>
2: might be able to sue him for that <laughs> probably boundaries of innovation if they put it on a bottle yeah definitely um so this this is definitely sort of what could they do they could spend 1.2 I don't how much is a, a Super Bowl commercial 30 million dollars now I don't know. One million, A million bucks a second or whatever. How much is it worth
0: to me? Uh,
2: fifty. <laughs> or they could go and spend $15,000 on uh, an experiment that they send up into space and get all this free press from the New York Daily News. Um, I don't know. It's, it's just neat to, to kind of see the, the fact of this is also going to bring back some science. I'm hoping they're doing it in a very good scientific method. They've hired some good, good PhDs to do this. We can hope. But at the
0: same time, I'm thinking...
2: This is going to be interesting to, uh, to see their spin on it.
0: Maybe we'll learn something useful that a better brewery can use to...
2: <laughs> let's have microbrews and microgravity. How about that? Oh, yeah.
3: See,
0: that's a better headline. <laughs>
3: exactly. All right. So since someone's already come up with a better headline for them, let's go ahead and roll on into Untapped. Get
2: r- riggedy, riggedy, wrecked, up!
3: Okay. So, uh, our last badge we decided on, which I would completely forgotten, and we were all scrambling, trying to remember. What the hell was it?
1: I wasn't scrambling, I remembered
3: it. She remembered, and she wasn't even trying to get it, so it was heavyweight. And I didn't get it until (laughs) pre-show.
1: It's not that I wasn't trying, it's that I got sick, and I hadn't been drinking beer until literally yesterday.
0: Okay, I want to tell you the the beer I got it on, because I was working for it earlier this week, went down, I had some time off, and I went down to, uh, to Hopcat, uh... And they had on draft the uh, Stone Barking Wheaton Wootstout 2017. Oh yeah, this is what
3: we've got a bottle. I haven't had it yet. I'm debating. This is what got me over
0: the top, like so much Sylvester Stallone. And uh, ah, one, it was delicious. Two, it was the last thing I had there, and I had to drive back. As I like a little mini sifter. It was like, yeah, it's about the right size for what I need right now. <laughs> but, oh, man. Yeah,
3: the uh, stone-farking uh, Wheaton is a pretty good one every year. I've still not had this year's. I look forward to that one. So
2: tasty. I had it in a bottle. It was pretty good in bottle.
3: Okay. Um, Got that thing off draft. So a religious experience. Did you – you didn't manage to hit – The badge? Did you not? I'm two away.
1: So I am.
3: Well, poop. I am. uh, Oh, horses feathers.
1: Yeah, I'm three check-ins away from getting heavyweight level 23.
2: All right. Well, main thing is. Well, look, look, imperial stouts, and so here I was like checking out some imperial stouts. They go towards it. They go towards it. We literally have passed this one, guys.
3: Porters, porters, and stouts. Porters and stouts. Stouts. Yeah. So it was bonus uh, for that one, but uh, at least me and Justin managed to pull that one off.
1: I did, however, today get the bottles one that we had initially tried.
0: <laughs> I got that. I got that earlier. Uh, I got that like two days after the show, and I was like, so close. Um, yeah. Uh, like, that's it's fine. We're we're getting used to it. We're we're
3: yeah. It's a change up in how we're doing that. So we got to remember. Oh yeah, I'm I'm supposed to be drinking towards this badge. So, I think we've uh, decided, since it will be an easy one for some of us to hit this next time, we're going to try and work and see if everyone can level up your Imperial Tsar. So Look, that. I suggested that last one last time, because I was only like two away from it, so... So, we're it's uh, Russian Imperial Stouts, I believe Five every five you get a level on it.
2: As a matter of fact... I'm
3: exactly five away at this yeah. point, so... Some of us might be going to an Russian Imperial Stout release next yeah, weekend. Imagine that. May, may
2: pad our results.
3: <laughs> Who
2: knows? Somebody worked this talk while thinking about themselves. Hey, hmm. when, uh, when I'm told,
3: uh, oh, you, you come up with the untapped badges, oh, okay, I'm going to come up <laughs> with one I know I'm going to get.
0: <laughs> That's fine. I got this.
3: Alright, uh, I believe we actually have a topic instead of just ramblings.
1: Pin on Seeking
0: have to edit this, but I have no idea when we're done.
3: <laughs> no, perfectly.
0: Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, no, so we're talking about brown ales today, which, speaking of which, I need to get back into this growler for a little bit more of mine, while we read. Oh, hear that fizz. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, no, so, uh, let's make sure I'm all the way at the top real quick before I go go down. I was really afraid of like looking down going, nope, missed a whole paragraph. So, uh, yeah, no, brown ale. So, although many style guides and, uh, list English mild ale, uh, robust Porters, uh, Abbey Bruins, and Old Bruins. Old Bruins. Uh, Old Bruins. As uh, brown beers, uh, we will be focusing on the historical British and London brown ales and their movement into the craft beer American brown ales uh, that are quite food-friendly and quaffable.
3: Mm, that's word of the day, quaffable. Uh, use, it, use it in everyday
2: conversation, quaffable.
3: And
0: watch the weird looks when they <laughs> mishear you.
2: <laughs> My chair squeaked, I'm sorry.
0: Uh, Anyway In the early 1700s Brewers in London were producing a variety of beers That ranged in flavor and color and intensity Some were called stouts, some porters But as a whole, they were referred to as Brown beers This term was generic rather than Referring to a specific style of beer In the 1870s, the innovation of the drum Roaster by Daniel Wheeler (coughs) Pardon Uh Daniel Wheeler, uh, anyway, changed the malt the way malt was made. Key innovation this form of uh was the form of black patent malt. Uh, a variety that was called such due to the patented way it was made. Beers that were made with a new malt were now called black beers instead of the generic brown beer. The distinction became, uh, began to emerge between traditional stouts and borders and brown ales. Uh, see. I, I, it's it's weird to think of early stouts and porters not actually being... Stouts and porters. Being like that super dark, but being yeah. more... Uh, which, then again, there are some brown, uh, brown ales that I've seen recently that... Uh,
3: yeah, very recently where you look at that glass and you're like, you hold it right next to a milk stout and you're like, I'm not seeing a difference here. <laughs> uh...
0: Yeah, the taste of London uh, slipped into two extremes in the mid-1800s. Uh, with the innovation of the pale ale malt, the two major styles that were created uh, created either pale, pale beers or black beers, the former being the most popular. Due to these two factors, brown beers became scarce and fell out of favor in London. The fools. Uh, it wasn't until 1927 when Newcastle, Chris. Ah, oh, Newcastle. Newcastle no no we, uh, we,
3: we don't we don't speak of newcastle we
0: don't speak how they reintroduced their newcastle brown uh. Scottish uh, <laughs> it likely did not taste or smell anything like the beer we know today so good news there Woo! for chris i can drink a newcastle brown need
3: a time machine and i can drink it again
0: <laughs> uh, yeah you have time machine to stop you from never mind uh we but it did bring back the name Brown Ale, and it helped re- reintroduce the style. One aspect that probably helped spread the name Brown Ale was this uh, was this beer marketed as a bottled version, which means it could uh, see a wider distribution and gain notoriety. It became iconic as the original Northern or British Brown Ale. Now, Brown Ales are typically light brown or amber to very dark in color. <coughs> Pardon.
3: A little burpy,
0: yeah. A little I don't know what could cause this. Uh, not as much as, as as dictated by the burps. We'll talk about that later. <laughs> uh, anyway, they could be uh, very light brown or amber to very dark brown in color, with sometimes a reddish hue. Uh, they are clear, mm-hmm. and when you can see through uh, see through them, and have a low to moderate uh, off. White to uh, light tan head. Brown ales have a long history in Great Britain, although several of the several types of products have used the name at different times in history. Today, we're talking about the modern 20th century brown ale as that is sold as a bottled product. It's not the same as historical versions of the same name. The British brown ale is a stronger version, uh, Brit standards at about 4.2 to 5.4% ABV, to sold predominantly in bottles and rarely on draft.
3: I gotta say, I'm, I'm kind of a fan of both, but uh, the British style of brown ale is more balanced towards the maltiness of the beer, bringing a caramel-centric British ale flavor without the roasted flavors you find in a porter, which is sad. <laughs> they have a light, sweet toffee, nutty, or light chocolate notes and light to heavy caramel quality from the malt. Although hops are not the main show, they should balance this beer with floral or earthy hops being the most used you may also find a light fruity aroma in some of the versions of the British brown ale Uh, the sweetness in the aroma should carry over into the flavor with a gentle to moderate malt sweetness and caramel notes the beer should not finish sweet however and should lift off to a dry finish you may also taste nutty toasted biscuit toffee or light chocolate flavors in this style and those are really personally what I'll look for in a brown ale those kind of uh, kind of top it off for me uh, the style should have a medium to medium-low bitterness, and the balance can range f- from even to malt-focused. Although you may uh, taste hop bitterness, uh, the hop flavor will likely be low to none, and you may find low to moderate fruity esters from the yeast strain used. Sorry, Justin, just uh, collapsed. This category is wide-ranging, and therefore many different types of beers can fall inside. Some more hoppy and some more malty, but one thing is certain, none should have a strong roasted flavor, as this style was traditionally made with brown malt and not roasted malt. Typical examples of the British brown ale are the ever-available Newcastle brown ale. Well, Newcastle, uh, Samuel Smith nut brown ale and uh, Witchwood hobgoblin. I've seen hobgoblin around. That was my first brother. Man.
0: Casey, you remember our first experience with uh, Hobgoblin? Yeah, quite do. And we hated that. Yeah, said it was too hoppy. I think it's like 20 IBUs. Yeah.
2: Yeah. It was years come ago. A long, I was gonna we've say come that's, a long way. That's my long-standing
3: thing. Every, now I'm trying to revisit beers I did not like the first time I, I had them because my
0: tastes have definitely changed. Hobgoblin has been one of those on my mental list of things I need to try to find again to 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 get to tr- to re-experience it. I I, re-
2: I I retried it, and it tasted so different to me the second time around. I thought the first time they may have got the kegs mixed up, and it really
3: was. It's also possible.
0: possible. That's also possible. That is
3: very possible because we've been out places and ordered one beer
0: and knew for a fact we were not served that beer. <laughs> this I remember one time ordering a pale ale, and they brought me a stout,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and I went... This is not right. I'm going to drink it, but it's not right. I'm going to drink it. I don't have a problem. You can charge me for it. I'll pay for it. This is not
3: what I ordered. (laughs) So the American Brown Ale was created and has become popularized by the American craft beer movement. This style is derived from the British Brown Ale, but with more hops. The first example popularized was released in 1986 by Pete's Wicked Ale from Pete's Brewing Company in San Antonio, Texas. The company sold Gambrinus mm-hmm. in nineteen ninety eight. The company was company that currently owns Shiner and its Bach line of products. Ooh. In twenty eleven, Pete's Wicked was discontinued due to declining sales. That is very unfortunate. I feel like that's something based on name and reputation alone you could bring back. Probably. It would sell it, as a throwback.
0: Give it give it another few years. Uh probably by twenty twenty one they'll they'll try to bring that back.
3: I mean to see that's- if Shiner suddenly started selling that, I would definitely pounce on that now. Just Bra- to Brownells
2: and- just aren't as aren't as big anymore.
3: They really aren't. They they've been bigger for me recently. Yeah. But that's uh adjuncts I, w- I will say, so uh founders, praise be, uh <laughs> dumping boatloads of coffee in it. That helped. <laughs> that Sumatran brown, oh, Ooh. that now, just blew my socks off.
0: I wonder if it's going to have that thing like uh, how a few years ago I, I I always said like why are there not more craft pilsners and now now we've been seeing more and more of them.
1: Mm-hmm. I wonder yeah. if
0: you are going to see them return like the 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 the, the style uh, taste might switch.
3: Just released a for the holidays a hoppy pilsner. Okay, it's
2: something like awkward family photo is what
1: it's called uh, or something. Okay, <laughs> sure.
2: Um, with the with the this type of beer, it's very like it's a good drinking beer. Like all year round, you can have this beer and it's fine. Like winter, it's a good low ABV when you're not trying to kill yourself with imperial stouts. You can, yeah, it can be
3: sessionable at that time. Okay. Whereas in the <laughs> summer, it could be your late, you know, later in the evening finishing beer. Yeah. You've had a lot of lighter stuff and the hops are kind of building on your palate. This is something good and malty. That'll be a change of pace and move you into a slightly cooler evening setting. Mm All right. So the American Brown Ale can be a spectrum of various malts and hop balances. The hops are traditionally more forward, but they should always balance the beer rather than clash with it. You'll find some of the same aromas and flavors as a British Brown with the exception of the hop aromas, which will be stronger and may have an American or New World character, such as a citrus fruity tropical. You know, I never really uh, think of those as New World, but I guess I should.
0: Yeah, I'm just now thinking of, like, you know, like, they make tropical stouts. Not tropical,
2: uh, not tropical uh, hops, though. Not tropical right. flavors yeah. like mango and pineapple.
0: Yeah, I'm just trying to figure out Like, like, I wonder if you could make one of those into a brown ale I don't know if it would be good but it would just be an interesting experiment, maybe
3: Alright, these beers may even be dry hopped to increase that hop character The dark malts may be a little more robust than other brown ales They, however, do not need to be roasted like a porter Looking at you, Brittany The malt malt and the hops should balance each other This style should have more chocolate and caramel flavors than the American pale or amber ales with typically less bitterness in the balance and less bitterness alcohol and hop character than brown IPAs. This style is typically more bitter and hoppier than the English style with a richer malt presence and higher alcohol at 4.3 to 6.2% ABV. So we've also seen, which I've really enjoyed before over here, we've had... uh, what was it? We had a bourbon barrel aged brown ale. Oh. It was delicious because it is, it's yeah. its got that malt body that you want in something that you're going to dump into a bourbon barrel or a rum barrel or something like that. And that it'll hold up, but it's light enough to really pull that flavor off the barrel. Yeah. And it'll hold yeah.
0: a lot better. I, I, I was thinking that because I was just picturing, like, you know, sometimes stouts, you don't get a lot of the. You'll get some, but you'll get – everything with with stouts is like hints of other flavors around the main the main show, kind of. The show. Uh, but with a brown ale, I, I think like the other – like some of that other stuff can really get a chance to like come out a little bit more. Yeah. And you're, you know, you're more likely to use that than say, you know, barrel aging a pilsner, which I mean, come on, founders. Sure, I'll drink it, but – let's let's be honest here that's that's a little weird
2: you it, it's all about balance with the brown ales, and so that's that's mm-hmm. the key um you're you're adding a little bit more balance there by not killing you with bitterness um vanilla that comes out of a barrel is a really mm-hmm. nice flavor that combines no. with i think like, i feel like it's always a good flavor uh, combines with the brown ale especially um, so some brewers will attempt to make brown ales by creating a pale or an amber ale and then adding dark malts to kind of make up the color difference. So you've got the flavor of a pale or an amber beer, and then it's just the color of a brown ale. I feel um, like that's wrong. It, it adds just a slight chocolatey malt flavor, but that's about it.
0: Mm.
2: These are new methods of creating brown owls, however. Traditionally, the beer's flavor was almost exclusively from a brown malt that contributed a rich, toasty flavor and a color mm. hard to get through other methods. The rounded, toasted flavor is somewhat between a biscuit or amber and a chocolate. Um, these malts are used to be very common in Brewer's Arsenal for flavor additives, but are quite uncommon to see used today. Instead of adding an ounce of very dark malt per gallon, like the the chocolate malt, um, brewers would add a quarter to three quarters of a pound of brown malts per gallon to give more flavor and not just the color that goes into it. Brown malts are still available for brewers and home brewers use. They are created by increasing the heat in the drying process in the same way amber malts are made. The brown malts are just kind of just a stepped up version of this. It's increased to a higher temperature than amber malts. Traditionally, this was done by actually adding bundles of wood to a roaring fire under a turning drum filled with the malt. If you remember from previous episodes, Coke was the primary source of heat for heating malts and drying them out because it produced less smoke flavor in the malt. The re after you switch to Coke and then you come back over to wood, well... Coke Classic. Coke Classic. <laughs> um, you come back over to wood and add a little wood back into there. It would create a, uh, a smoky, a deep smoky flavor in the malt that was hard to get otherwise and added a toasted flavor that was also hard to get from the other malts. Uh, this process produces pyrazine, uh, a group of savory compounds that give bell peppers, potatoes, and fermented soybeans their main savory aromas, as well as nutty or roasty aromas. And then pyroles, which are a nutty like compound that darkens when exposed to air. So that's where you get I'm some-
0: really confused about bell peppers, potatoes, and fermented soybeans having things in common. Yeah. yeah.
2: It's a it's a family, a group. So one's like a die, one's a tri, uh, one's a... So pyrozines are all sort of this like umami-like
0: flavor. Oh. Mm. oh, good. The flavor no one can describe except... Yeah.
1: After having kim- proper kimchi, I kind of understand how you can't describe no. that flavor okay. anymore. Oh, uh, man. That flavor biggie. in
3: a beer, I have discovered it. You want to know exactly what it is? Drink Fresh Dark Lord. It tastes like nothing but umami and soy sauce. Yes, for Jesus everyone Christ. out there
2: that can't find uh, an umami no. flavor, let's find this one rare, super fresh, rare beer.
3: Fresh Dark Lord is Satan's anus. It is terrible. If that stuff is not although aged now, at least three years, I do not want anything to do with it.
0: Although now I'm pretty sure I'm going to be ordering from a ramen place tomorrow.
3: <laughs> so that's yeah, kind of, that, I'll have
2: the Satan's oh. anus bowl. Oh,
3: God, I'll have man.
0: one
2: Satan's anus, please. Um, that's one of the reasons that beers that are made with the traditional brown malts instead of your, your just added color malts have a very distinct flavor, a very different flavor that's more, I don't know, it's kind of filling. It's more of a rounded flavor instead of just your straight, you know, colored amber malt. Um, the historical style, though, that used to be called the Southern Brown Ale, um, and used to be in the 2008 <clears throat> guideline Lord the, me,
0: the southern brown ale
2: uh, used to be a style all to itself now they've moved in the BJCP to a historical style um, the London brown ale differs from the British brown
0: ale because it's a now, much
2: more I sweet have, beer
0: I almost said the south will rise again and I just couldn't even do it ironically I was like no, no I can't can't do it
2: well so, <laughs> probably a good choice uh, where the British brown L leaves, uh, uh, d- leaves a dry finish, the London brown is balanced heavily on the sweet side. The prime example of the style is Mann's Brown Ale. Um, you can find it in the U.S. <coughs> and abroad, M-A-N-N apostrophe S. Brown. Mann's. He has
0: Chinese theater <laughs> and,
2: uh, and brown ales. Uh, created in 1902, marketed as the sweetest beer in London, Currently holds over ninety percent of the London Brown L market share for this style, but that market is decreasing. So, the the ninety percent of a small market still a small market. Um, Wait, wait.
0: How does he have that high of a market share when Newcastle is there? So, not that Newcastle is necessarily superior. I'm just
2: so Newcastle is a British Brown L. Oh, this one is a London Brown L. Okay, um, sorry. There's really three styles that we've talked about I'm, today: the London, yeah. the American, and the uh, British.
0: I'm just realizing how much of this, uh, this this growler I've gone through, and my confusion makes more sense. Like I was
3: gonna say you were <laughs> hoisting the growler around. And I'm beginning to wonder if you were just drinking straight, straight. from the growler. It's. I'm
0: almost there. <laughs> Um, Trust me, by, by, by post-show, I will be. It's, it's a good, uh,
2: you know, half a gallon is a pretty good amount to, to go oh, through. God, don't
0: tell me how much it is. It's...
2: Uh, the alcohol content of the, the London Brown L style is much more in line with traditional English beers. You usually find it at 2.8 to 3.6% ABV, although the pre-World War One version was about 5%. Um, this style is a less roasty version of the sweet stout kind of in comparison or a sweet version of the dark mild. And it's actually more used as a mixer in pubs than a straight pub beer. So you would you would add it to a beer like an English mild or an English bitter to give it a little bit of sweetness inside the pub. Um, kind of like we do black and tans now with Guinness. Mm.
0: Um, yeah, speaking Kind of a black and tans. This is off topic, drastically so. But uh, this this uh, Thanksgiving weekend that just happened, uh, spent some time with my family, watching Jeopardy. And they have a whole section that's just it's just about like bartending stuff. <laughs> and I'm having to confirm to my very anti-alcohol mother, "Yes, mom, I know all of this from bartending." From Not work. from personal experience, <laughs> but they mentioned like like what's this? like oh it's it, it's cider and a uh, uh and uh oh, I forget the other thing yeah Smithix and yeah it's you know Smithix and a uh, um, harp and I was like snake bite and they get like, it black and tan no you're a moron you're a moron <laughs> and you should feel bad <laughs> what part of that is black. What yeah. part of those drinks are black, you fool? Sorry. Okay, <laughs> I can go back to the. What was that? Smittix is a
2: Scottish ale, right? No,
0: no, no it's a uh, but... it's part of the the Guinness yeah. family. What's it, it's what's a it style, uh, though. No, it's a it's just a just a regular I ale, I think. Um, I have to look it back up because uh, Smittix is. Smith. Irish ale. Okay,
1: yeah. that makes sense.
0: yeah, it's just, it's just, it's just an ale because they have Smith, yeah, you got uh, Guinness and Which the
3: W just Hart. vanishes. I mean, it's. Everyone says Smittwick's, and it has bugged the crap out of me forever. It's not Smithwick's.
1: That's how we used to say it
3: We don't speak with Cockney accents, so it's. You don't. don't. The beer
2: we're drinking for today.
3: Oh, um. I believe, uh, yeah, we need to flow into what is filling our glasses currently.
1: Drink with me, friend.
3: And it's it's a Thanksgiving miracle. We're all drinking to style. Yeah, and God all God bless us.
0: E- God bless us,
3: everyone. And all drinking the same beer. Kind of. Okay, that that's a little weird, but
0: <laughs>
3: from the same glass from the beer fridge.
0: <sighs> Look. No, I wouldn't do it. Like, a, I want to take a sip. I would not drink the whole. No. Okay. No, if it was like
3: Golden Drac, I would be very comfortable that the ABV is high enough to kill. Okay. Everything. Yeah. Sure. Or... Maybe with
2: Golden
0: Drac. A little bit of no, uh... no, no. That's that's to come later. So what? What? <laughs> what what, what would... about what about the Worldwide stat? I think that one probably kills. Just there.
3: about. Yeah. So what are we dumping down our gullets right now, Casey? So, what have
0: I drank nearly a growler of? <laughs> what have I put almost half a gallon of into me already? Today we
2: are having a smoked maple vanilla brown ale from Deschutes Brewing. Or sorry, DeLatter. Delatter's Brewing. Ladders Brewing, my bad.
3: Corporate rival.
2: That's where we get sued. <laughs> um,
3: by the way, w-
0: did we come up with a name for this one? We didn't. We did so not. I think when, that needs to be... Can
1: it be uh, Kentucky Hot Brown? Ooh.
3: Kentucky <laughs> oh, Hot no, 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 Brown! No. It has no for it to be Kentucky Hot Brown, it has to be spicy. So? To call it the hot t- brown, it has to have peppers. So we'll have to try a rebrew. We, we may need to do spicy. a
0: special a specialty version of it, but maybe maybe the Kentucky smoke brown.
3: Mm, okay. Like Kentucky Smoke brown.
0: But oh man, Kentucky Hot Brown, that is
2: I'm surprised. Yeah, you Yeah. Oh. Mornay sauce into uh, the brew. Um, so coming in at a, a, approximately calculated at 6% alcohol by volume and 43 IBUs. Um, seven pounds of two-row for a five-gallon batch. Seven pounds of two-row, one pound of maple syrup, one pound of candy sugar. We'll talk about that here in a second. Eight ounces of Carapils, eight ounces caravienne, eight ounces of Caramel 60 malt. 8 ounces of Abbey, 8 ounces of a Cherrywood smoked malt, 4 ounces of chocolate malt, an ounce each of Northern Brewer at 60 minutes, EKG at 15 minutes, and uh, EKG <laughs> East Kent Goldings. At one <laughs> yeah, not not the, 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 the electrodes you check. Uh, and then 7 whole vanilla beans split in 2 that were added at the end of the boil as well.
0: Um so, man, Casey, that is that is much more in depth than we normally go with our, with our uh, what we're drinking. Yeah. How do we know so much about its exact composition? So
2: this is the beer that we brewed. Um it just so happened that it worked out well for the Brownell episode. Um I think we actually decided on a Brownell episode before we actually knew we were going to be drinking we, this. Yeah. That
0: seems about
2: right because
0: we don't
3: <laughs> we, we plan. We stumble into these. We don't plan them. <laughs> It's just we turn around and go, hey, what are we doing for the July Fourth episode? Is it is it something patriotic? We're doing Yingling, okay, close enough <laughs> we'll to right. make it
2: work. But yeah, so this is the one we brewed. Um, uh, the The one pound of candy sugar was added in to meet the right alcohol by volume, and I think that it matched up with the it. it Usually thins out a beer, but I don't think it did it too bad on this one. I think we got a pretty good gravity at the.
0: end. I mean, if we're looking, if we're looking at clarity, this thing is
2: dark. Oh
3: yeah, that's okay. When we were talking about having seen a brown ale that looks
2: about like a stout, yeah, this this bad boy is looking like a stout. And for five gallons that we made, that's four ounces of chocolate. That's like a quarter of a cup of chocolate malt gave us this color. Jeez. The
0: yeah, and then. And we were talking. I will about say that. this:
2: there are no brown malts it's, in this, by the way. So this is one of those piece mills try to get close to a brown without without know, having the brown. That's why there's so now, many it, different malts in there. Sorry, Bob, but that's why there's so many different malts in there is to try to make the malt flavor, fla- make the malt flavor of a brown ale without you know just just use brown malt. You know, I feel like that's that's probably something we could have done better.
0: Uh, yeah, um, all I was going to say was just that it's. It's this this. I guess right now, I'm thinking of it, it's Franken malt to to get malt. us to that to get us to that flavor. But uh, it's uh, we we did do we had something for, for smokiness, didn't we? Yeah, that was the cherry a, a half pound of cherry wood smoked malt. Mm. That's right. So I'm now more that, that said, this now. is not this is not in the Roush beer category, or as I now call it, ham beer.
1: Ham <laughs> beer.
0: Yeah, this is uh, really
2: close to that that British brown because it's using British style malts. It's not using any of the, the traditional American style malts and it's more British style in its kind of, it's construction, maybe a little bit bigger on the alcohol than what you would get in a British style. Usually they're a little bit lower, but, um, uh, and a little bit
0: bigger in the IBUs cause it's not super bitter, but no, no, uh, it, it does have, you could, you can taste a bit of that seven hole split vanilla beans. Yeah. Hmm. Mm. Yeah, it gives you, it gives a nice little it gives it's a it very pleasant aftertaste when you're done with everything, uh, but sorry, I'm drinking a nice little whiff of that aroma that I've been sniffy drinking. Sniffy sniff. Hmm, oh.
2: <laughs>
0: smells good. I got I got to try a little bit of this uh, Wednesday. Yeah, I think so. And oh my god, it's so good.
1: See, I haven't got uh, to try that much of it because I've been bourboning. So it's because I started to cough, and I was like, "Oh God, no!"
0: I'm keeping. By you the way, Brittany. Medicine. By the way, Brittany, we have missed you this episode. I, 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 I understand. <laughs> You're fine, um, she but no, pestilence it's
3: pestilence upon the house. Uh... <laughs>
0: the consumption has taken her. It's fine. I keep but, asking uh... her
3: where the other three horsemen are. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> Probably just us.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah, there you go. Actually, oh Jesus. Uh okay. So I don't know which one of us is war. Uh, <laughs> probably the one with a big hammer in his hand. I don't know. <laughs> I, I don't know what you're talking about. Um <laughs> Yeah, so, the oh, God, I really do love this. I do I do really enjoy this, this homebrew. Uh I would like to say we made it with our own sixteen hands. But Casey
3: made it with his own two mostly, hands while the rest of us drank
0: and watched. Yeah, that's more accurate. Drunk the rest way. of us drank and uh, amused him by trying to eat whole hop nuggets. <laughs> that was interesting.
3: Yeah, uh, that, that uh, live brew session is still being edited and may end up posted by the end of the year, or it may become some
1: There's a kind lot of... to it, guys. It, it may be...
0: It, it, may be it be just the... be a myth that only exists to people who watched it live until the stream died. Yes, uh, and it may come
3: to life again as some kind of Patreon-exclusive thing. Who knows? Yeah, we gave a crap (laughs) Yeah, it is a rough recording to work with on a rainy day
0: in a garage with a bad internet connection. You pay us enough, maybe we'll let you hear what that nonsense was. It won't be worth it, whatever they pay.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Mm -mm. Uh, This beer, if I were going to enter it into a competition, I would probably go with, since the smoke flavor isn't overwhelming, I'd probably go with something along the lines of a um, uh, maybe a Christmas or a vegetable herb spice beer, and oh, something along the lines. This... But at if the same all time, if Christmas
0: beer tasted like this, I would actually enjoy.
2: I would. I would potentially just say throw this in as a regular British brown ale and let it ride because the the maple, the smoke, and the vanilla. None of them are huge flavors. They're all just Mm. kind of balancing in the background.
0: The the chocolate is almost like where it's a very noticeable flavor, but everything is actually really kind of balanced. You're trying to figure out what 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 everything is is. about it. Yeah, Mm -hmm. that might come with like you know the half dozen malts that are in it, or it might come with yeah. But it's 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 interesting, and I I really like it.
2: I'll have to do it again try another try another
3: beer maybe That's maybe beer.
0: maybe we put it in, into some sort of barrel and
3: maybe there maybe there's a barrel now filled with a rum bourbon like substance that is going to age for a while and then maybe it probably won't be this cuz i don't think we're have enough of this left lots of rum <laughs> but uh, maybe something down the line ends up in said barrel maybe the liquid that comes out of said barrel eh, maybe we try some of that even yeah it should be good
0: <laughs> the liquid that comes out of that barrel. Wait, you mean like we're just cleaning the barrel and drinking what's left over? Because I mean, I've done that before. Well, there's currently a,
3: a, a solution in said barrel that is composed of uh, rum like things and bourbon like things. It's like rum bases and so it's. Uh, bases all. Yeah. It's rum. in a fresh charred white oak mm-hmm. barrel purchased
2: from Buffalo Trace. A little bit of, we, we were trying to, it's five liters, and there's it's a hard thing to come by five liters of liquor laying around that, uh,
0: that isn't flavored. Mm, yeah, well, yeah. They don't, I mean, without buying multiple bottles. Well, real quick, before we get into any of our, our closing stuff, everyone, how do you feel about brown ales?
2: We like brown ales. I don't like Newcastle. I'm no, no. That, but uh, brown ales as a general flavor, um, I, I like them.
3: I've you want to you break yourself of brown ales uh, or of New- Newcastle, drink a, drink a nice uh, five liter keg of it, and you'll be done with it forever. <laughs> I,
1: I, I liked this one from what I had. I couldn't drink a lot because of my throat, but um, I, I'm not that much of a fan of brown ales. I'm discovering, actually. So hmm. We'll have
2: to do a Roush beer for you next time. It's not too late. Oh, no, 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 no
3: more ham. No.
2: <laughs>
1: no, it's, and it's not. It's I like I like them, but I still, at the end of the day, prefer stouts and porters.
2: You like the roastiness.
1: <laughs> yeah, I like I like something richer, I guess. And and the brown ale is just too. Like, I was like, really? Light.
0: This uh, this Kentucky smoked brown isn't rich enough for you.
1: <laughs> this one's good, but like most of the ones that I've had have just been like. Eh. Okay.
2: Yeah, they are a little bit on the... Th- especially if they go... Uh, like, If they go toward that, it's an amber ale that just has colorant to it. That's what, yeah,
1: that's that's what most of them seem to be, I yeah. feel like. And and then they try to do flavors with some of them, and flavors with brown ales versus stouts. I think it's better with stouts. Eh. <laughs> okay.
3: All right. Well, I think we've rambled long enough, and that's going to do
2: it. All right. Well, you can subscribe and get some great resources at haveadrinkshow.com. We're getting ready to add up some new stuff there. That uh, yeah, we, we didn't get to talk
3: about that during the show, yeah. but a lot of stuff from Dogfish and the Brewers Association—some really cool stuff.
2: Yep. You can follow us at Have a Drink Show on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Twitch, and the YouTube's YouTube. YouTube. And please rate the show or on iTunes and YouTube to help spread the word.
0: Yeah, no. I mean, you can also stand on the side of the corner of the sandwich board. Just tell people we exist.
3: Sandwich board is oh. also a good method.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, you can also tell us your favorite drink. Uh, that you, as, Sorry. you can tell us your favorite drink, ask a question, or just leave some general feedback. You can use the email address feedback at haveadrinkshow.com or you can use the feedback page on the website. And we do love hearing from you guys. You can send us a message through Facebook, send us a message on Twitter, DM us, at us. Whatever you want to do.
3: Psychically link
0: with us. You know, whatever. Become, become one. Mind meld with us. If we you can have become, the means. If
3: you have the means.
0: Mind you have, means. We can become J whatever your name was. Insert your own name there. We'll, we'll go <laughs> J ja and something. Or your name first. I don't care.
3: All joking and fun aside, guys, I'd like to remind everyone to please drink responsibly. If you're not 21 or over, why are you listening to this? I don't, I don't know what you're
0: doing. You're pre gaming for the final, for the fi- for your first. Intellectually
3: pre gaming is the only thing I can come up with. But if you're not 21, don't drink.
0: Hey, so you don't in have to fairness, to enjoy the show. In fairness, 19, 20 year old me would have loved this just to get into mindset of like, okay, what do I need to drink? Yeah,
3: I don't know about you, but I've got a drink to enjoy this. Otherwise, I can't stand my own voice. So well, yeah, uh, drink responsibly, guys. Don't drink and drive.
1: Alright, and uh, check us out in a week from this live recording for our next video episode where we sample through a pack and then another couple of weeks for the next audio episode. Once again, I'm Brittany Lee Walker. I'm
3: Justin Fraser. I'm Christopher Walker.
2: And I'm Casey Price. We'll see you next time. Bye,
3: guys!
0: Bye!